When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another captaincy video from Fancy Football Scout. It's a normal game week um, at last following a blank and a double during January so far. My name is Joe and joining me uh, is David to look at the best armband options for game week 20. David, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Uh, as you say, it's um, it's nice to be going into just a normal game week for us. We've not had one in a while. We had the blank game week, then we're actually recording this in the middle of a double. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that up in the air you've got to think about with the straight uh well what looks to be like a straight uh De Bruyne versus Fernandez debate mm. some some welcome familiarity after quite a lot of uh, upheaval definitely yes so um this week um Liverpool against Spurs so that's that's quite a hard to call encounter and for me anyway that does discount some of the Liverpool and Spurs assets for the captaincy um, but it looks like, once again, the captaincy could be a tale of those two premium midfielders from Manchester who have been relying on so much this season already, and indeed last season. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne takes on West Brom, looks a great captaincy shout. Meanwhile, Bruno Fernandes is at home to another relegation candidate team, Sheffield United. Um, both of them look best matchups this week. Um, so I've got some stats so I'll put up on the screen um, uh, highlighting um, Kevin De Bruyne. And Bruno Fernandes. I've also put some stats on for Sterling and Rashford. Now, uh, also for the benefit of the podcast listeners, these are for the last four matches. Um, and I've also compiled these prior to the second set of matches in game week 19. So um, I've got some other stats coming up about uh, so-called whipping boys and expected um, expected. Uh, goals conceded all those types of stats but all of these were, were were compiled before the second set of matches so so there's some kind of uniformity uh there um so i just want to say for these um looking at big chances in total kevin de bruyne is top with five over the last four bruno fernandez with three sterling with two and rashford with none um, and in turn, and that plays out in expected goal involvement. Kevin De Bruyne um well over three goals he was expected to score Fernandez um uh, around three so he's performing as par Kevin De Bruyne arguably in terms of big chances is not sort of, sort of translating in that to that goal involvement um, Sterling uh, with two big chances expected goal involvement of just over uh, nearly three really 2.7 and Rashford hardly anything <laughs> so he scored a goal he's had an assist so Rashford's returns arguably could count himself slightly lucky in comparison to some of these others um, and just just drawing out another another stat there um, in terms of chances created De Bruyne 11 Fernandes 10 and then low down Sterling with four Rashford with one so uh, I mean, for me it shows that Kevin De Bruyne and Fernandes look the key assets but 
David, which one <laughs> for the captaincy? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's always a tricky choice, and especially when um, we definitely feel right now like they haven't quite hit the the heights that we're that we're used to or <laughs> that we're looking for. Um, I mean, obviously. I've said that before. The, the games on Wednesday night, they made double-figure haul in, in those games, so completely discount that if that's what happened. But at least at the time of recording, yeah. that element was there. Um, it's it's a bit weird. Like with Fernandez, for example, you know, he's blanked in in uh, two. Uh, well, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, like two of his last three away mm. matches um, against Burnley and against Liverpool, um, which is unlike him. Normally, does quite well um, on the road. Um, De Bruyne. Um, you know, it's just the six points against um, uh, six or seven points against um, Crystal Palace, and we we'd be hoping for more there as well. So it's a little bit annoying because I feel like a lot of these numbers we've discussed, these two players haven't quite converted that into as explosive a return that, as as we'd like. So the the key thing for me that just kind of um, makes this whole thing just a little bit annoying when we're looking at these two is their goal conversion rates in the last four mm-hmm. has been quite poor. So Fernandez six point three percent. But De Bruyne is only 6.7. Um, and a lot of the players that um, have had similar numbers of big chances in them in the league recently have have much higher conversion rates. Mm-hmm. So even Tammy Abraham, his goal conversion rate is 37.5%. Aubameyang, 16%. Lacazette, 37%. El Ghazi, 22%. Son, who's actually had more big chances than De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Son's top of the league for big chances mm-hmm. um, in in the last four. 11% goal conversion. So it's not amazing, but still, still better. Um tricky fixture for Son of course so for me I think the the big deciding factor between these two players is probably assist potential okay. um, it, just simply because um, right now I can't really trust these two to score outside of a penalty and you can't always rely on those so you know if we're asking which one you can't really use penalties to differentiate in mm-hmm. my opinion um, so then when we look at De Bruyne's assist potential I, I think it is I think it's better than Fernandez because over the last four we've had um, Fernandez um, has played 10 key passes but no big chances created okay. De Bruyne has created a similar number of chances 11 um, but 4 of those have been big chances and that, cool. so then that's a, that's a massive swing towards De Bruyne in terms of expected assists mm-hmm. um, so for me that's why I'd probably be looking at De Bruyne um, based on, on the form but also I kind of I, I just I, I feel more comfortable captaining someone away uh, at West Brom than at home to Sheffield United, mm-hmm. especially because we know that Man United have kind of laboured a little bit at home recently. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, Fernandez does actually has actually done better at home than he has away recently, which is yes. somewhat ironic. You know, 17 points against Leeds, six against Wolves, 10 against Villa. Um, but when you look at those around him, you know, Rashford is a, is a shadow of his away mm-hmm. self when he's yeah. at home. Um, you know, Martial, again, is it just I don't really know what's going on with him. And, and Cavani hasn't added the goals that we'd expect but he, he's added some grit to the attack which is quite nice but he's not banging in goals left right and center so um and and also sheffield united I've, i feel like we'll feel less shameless trying to just get behind everything as the away team whereas west brom mm-hmm. are actually starting to kind of come out of their shells a little bit under big sam mm-hmm. you know they've scored three goals at wolves they've yeah. scored uh, they've scored against west ham as well so four goals in their last two is not bad for them anyway mm. uh, and it being a home game I just kind of feel that that setup it kind of favours Man City anyway. Mm-hmm. So then, if I feel like De Bruyne, with those exciting assets around him, has better assist potential as a player, better assist potential because of his colleagues. For me, the the scales are tipped towards him. Yeah, I mean, I don't have him in my team at the moment, but I am aiming to get him in, and I probably will captain him. Um, I think him and Fernandez are the standouts. 
but I think I think you're right. I think De Bruyne just shades it, not just in terms of that br- that breadth of points with uh, the goals and the assists and that that heightened assist potential, but it's just the opposition as well. Um, Sheffield United is still poor, and West Brom, despite looking better, are still poor. Um, so this is I'm just. I'm, Bring up some other other stats actually. So what we've got here is a, is a couple of tables. Um, one of those uh, those players over the last four matches. Uh, I stress this is prior to the second set of games in game week nineteen. Um, and as you said, Son is at top with big chances uh, with uh, big chances total. He's had six. So that, you know that that underlines his potential if he had a favourable fixture as well. Unfortunately, he plays Liverpool this time around but we've so we'll, we'll come back to that in a sec because that's got some other names there for perhaps other captaincy um, shouts but the interesting one is is the big chances conceded um, table I've got up here which is once again for uh, the last four matches they have played um, when I compiled this yesterday um, so we got West Brom top so 11 so they're still they're still over their last four matches what's happening with Sam Allardyce coming in supposed focus on on defence is not translating yet in those underlying stats over the last four matches. And we see Sheffield United are quite low down there. I know their opposition has been, you know, they've had the likes of Newcastle in there, but they've only conceded five big chances and they've conceded six goals. So in a way, they've been slightly unlucky. Um, and West Brom are sort of par for the course, really. Conceded 11 big chances, conceded 12 goals. So... Um, that says to me, if if I'm deciding between the two at the moment, Kevin De Bruyne would probably just just swing it there. Um, but of course, there are other options for the armband. Um, let's look at these fixtures. Um, so looking at the fixtures, we've got Palace against West Ham. I think Antonio is a shout there. Newcastle against Leeds. I mean, Newcastle are proper bad at the moment. <laughs> Leeds happen to bring a ploughed field <laughs> with them for their last match against Brighton, but they're away this time at the lovely St. James's Park. So hopefully that pitch is in better condition to suit Leeds play. Um, I think Bamford could be a shout, could be a shout, um, not compared to De Bruyne. Um, but but just looking down the list of the, the fixtures that are taking place, any other fixtures that sort of spring out and any other sort of potential captaincy candidates? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, when I was um, looking uh, <clears throat> uh, through the preparation for this, yeah, um, Bamford was one that, that stuck out mm. to me because, um, yeah, Newcastle have kind of been defending badly anyway. But um, I think one key thing that has, has happened with them recently is Steve Bruce has he's had his big um, expletive-ridden uh, yeah. uh, rant about his team and said, right, the gloves are off. We're going to do it my way now and right. played this 4-4-2 supposedly more attacking lineup against Arsenal. Mm. And I think in his defence, I think it was more attacking because he did select three forwards. It yeah. just happens that it's not very good. Um, <laughs> but either way, um, <clears throat> he's not. It, it looks like he's less interested in this back five because I think he got in trouble because he played a 5-4-1 against Sheffield United, which yeah. seems a bit defeatist to me, even bit. the most conservative <laughs> managers. Um it didn't work against Arsenal in terms of result because they lost 3-0. They were in the game for longer than perhaps some of us expected. But either way, I think this new approach at Newcastle where he's going to try and kind of take like kind of loosen the structure a little bit and try and throw more mm. uh, forward massively favours Leeds, who are the absolute like masters of that tactic. And we've already seen Leeds score five goals against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So I think Newcastle have probably been in everybody's kind of whipping boy consideration for a while. Mm-hmm. But if Steve Bruce is considering, um, you know, loosening up the way his team plays, then I think they're going to concede even more goals. So 
we definitely should be should be targeting them. Um, interesting that you mentioned Antonio. Mm. Um, Crystal Palace's defence has been really bad, hasn't it, yes. over the last sort of maybe 15 game mm-hmm. weeks. But in the last two or three, since they made a couple of changes, we've got an article on site about this yeah. at the moment, actually, just analysing what they've done over the last few games. Mitchell coming back in seems yeah. to have shored them up a bit. And um, uh, Tompkins coming back in. Uh, uh, with, with players like uh, Van Anholt and I think Scott Dan, who mm. actually had quite alarmingly high numbers for like errors leading to goals and errors leading to chances, you know, he's replaced those error-prone players with some more assured players. Um, you know, to be honest, like I'm tempted to sign Mitchell, not maybe for this game week, but you know, oh, he's in, uh, uh, I'm, I'm playing then. I mean, he's on my bench <laughs> at the moment, but I may, I may, <laughs> I've got Antonio as well, so I probably won't. But yeah, it, it could I've be got my, Antonio too. My first so. sub, but yeah, I've, I've just gone back uh, for you know for the benefit of those listening on the podcast. I've just gone back to another um, set of fixtures. It's those big chances conceded, the so-called whipping boys over the last four matches. Exactly, and it plays out exactly what you just said. Um, Mitchell coming in. Uh, various other bodies coming in to the Crystal Palace defence and it's shored up. Now, a few weeks back, they were up there with West Brom and they were up there you know, with Leeds as well. The, the, the most big chances conceded. And now, they're right at the bottom. They're really doing well. So, in terms of big chances conceded, the best defence, Man City, at one. Arsenal, they've conceded two big chances. West Ham, three big chances on exactly the same amount as Crystal Palace. Big chance conceded three. Horrifically, for me as an Antonio owner, this could end up being a nil-nil. So, um, yeah, uh, I favour Antonio. But, yeah, I think you've put that element of doubt in my mind now for a maverick <laughs> captaincy move. Yeah. Uh, well, I think um, with t- it's always I always like to to make sure we we're always keeping mm. an eye on who these teams are and, and the constantly changing yeah. picture of what a whipping boy is because mm. people sometimes when they're picking their captaincies will just... And I'm guilty of it too. I've mm-hmm. done it before as well, where you just look at a badge and you go, oh, well, they suck. Like, I've seen them get absolutely <laughs> trounced. So, you know, we saw it last season with Villa. I think Villa are the best example of this. Last season, you know, we were constantly looking at that, you know, claret and blue and uh, badge yeah. with the, the little yellow line in it and thinking, oh, here we go, lads. And then, of course, Dean Smith absolutely turned it mm-hmm. around. And now, you know, whenever you see your, your t- your, one of your players coming up against Villa, you're a little bit more, you know, concerned. Another example recently, Fulham, you know, they were absolutely woeful at the back. And then Anderson came in, they found a bit of consistency and rhythm with the back mm-hmm. three of Anderson, Adarabayo and uh, Aina as a back three. And now they're really hard to break down. You know, I think they've not conceded more than one goal in a game for about five or six mm-hmm. games. So um, these these trends chop and change. And as I said, Newcastle seem to be slipping into the whipping boy category. Mm. But let's make sure that we don't um, kind of make the, the error of assuming that Crystal Palace are still a team that are going to get rolled over. Now, Arsenal haven't necessarily taken us by surprise, but Aubameyang has. Now, he's suddenly hauled out of nowhere. Um, but we've been noticing that Arsenal been getting better. I know there's been articles on Fantasy Football Scout and we've been looking at the underlying stats. Lights of Smith Rowe coming in, Saka doing well, and of course Tierney attacking from on, on the flanks. And I'll put that I'll put this these tables up again for the the whipping boys. And I just wonder whether Salam whether a Bamiang or an Arsenal asset against Southampton could be a cheeky shout for a Maverick captaincy move. Um, Southampton have conceded seven big chances. They've only conceded two uh, goals, but um, it implies they could have been very fortunate there not to concede more. Meanwhile, in terms of the big chances total column, as we've said, some top with six, and then we've got you know, De Bruyne and then some, some of the uh, Villa 
players as well. So Villa being very attacking, what likes of Watkins and El Ghazi. And then you move down the list in terms of big chances total, four. Um, Abameyang has had four. He's expected to be involved in three goals. Now, we've been looking at Abameyang's stats all across the season. He's, I mean, this is his expected goal involvement over four matches has been something like point half a goal if he was lucky. Um, now he's edging up towards three, two, three goals over four matches. That that interests me. Um, Lacazette there, same same four big chances. So I don't know what is that two Maverick <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> against Southampton. I think it, I think it might be a little bit. I think <laughs> I think Aubameyang's benefited in the last game from Newcastle's mm-hmm. defence overstretching itself. Um, I think about. I mean, we all know there's a good player in there somewhere with Aubameyang. You know, I'm not going to say that there isn't. Um, one thing I have said, like almost consistently since he came here, is I've never trusted him. No. It feels like a while since I've said that because I feel like if anything that proved me right because he went on a massive long run where he was completely useless. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there is improvement now. It's not, but it, I don't think it's quite as simple as like he's back because um, he's had a since Smithrow came in the team. You know, they've they've created considerably more chances. Their goals per game. Um, had, I think in between the first 15 game weeks of the season their goal per game was mm. like less than one goal yeah. and since Smith Rowe joined the team it's 2.2 goals per game so the team is considerably more supercharged mm. when he's in the team because they just didn't have a number 10 now they do that's good news it means that Aubameyang is getting more chances so his um, yeah bet- between um, not having Smith Rowe and having mm. Smith Rowe um, Aubameyang's shots per game has gone um, has, has risen from 1.5 uh, to 2.3 uh, big chances has gone from 0.2 to one so he's getting one big chance a game mm-hmm. um, but the the one thing that hasn't improved as much as I'd hope is mm-hmm. is shots on target so okay. it's shots on target per game has risen from 0.8 to 1.2 so it's a small improvement okay. but when we look at the other Arsenal players that are available mm-hmm. Saka and Lacazette have had more shots on target since Smith Rowe came in the team than oh, Aubameyang okay. And Saka and Lacazette have created considerably more chances than mm. Aubameyang. So, you Rates know, if you're points. sat there trying to assess... Yeah, exactly. If you're trying to assess which Arsenal player should I own right now because they're looking really mm. good, even though Lacazette's a forward, he's he's created four or five chances. Mm. Aubameyang's not created any. So he has better kind okay. of spread of points available, like we talked with De Bruyne, than Aubameyang. And he's cheaper. Uh, and exactly the same about Saka, who's 5.3 million. Um, he's created more chances than anyone in the team since Smith Rowe came, mm-hmm. other than Smith Rowe. But he shoots a lot more than Smith Rowe and is second among Arsenal players for shots on target. So, you know, Aubameyang looks very nice. He's a very sort of big name mm-hmm. pick. But, you know, it's it's quite hard, I think, for me to sit here and say, like, yeah, let's lump on him now when actually Saka actually just removed the prices. He's the better option. Yeah. Throw the prices in. He gets even better. So, um, yeah, that, that's my take on the Arsenal players. And if you want a little bit more, yeah, there's an article on site. Oh, right great now stuff. About, about great stuff. Attack, so, yeah. um, just looking at the other fixtures, anything anything else spring out in terms of captaincy? I mean, we, we are at borderline barrel scraping time. <laughs> so probably time to to end soon but yeah just wondered if there was any others that might have might have missed yeah I mean I think the Spurs players will probably punish us mm-hmm. as they usually do right you know we yeah. usually overlook them and then they get something yeah. I'm sure that will happen um, the only other thing I think is just Leicester away at Everton Everton I've had a break so maybe that mm-hmm. gives them time to regroup but this isn't really I'm not really picking this based on it being Everton I'm just picking it based on the fact that Leicester look really really good um, mm. Madison's got um, yeah. 7.8 points per game in his last four uh, Harvey Barnes I think has returned in Nietzsche's last four Vardy's not done too well in the last four but there's been lots of home games Yeah, he's now got three away games in his next four 
and he was he's been he was so close to getting maybe something in in the double game week you know it doesn't doesn't always show up in the stats he's always just that inch well, it, away from well it, weirdly it did show up in the stats. that first match he had he had the most shots on target of any oh, true, player yeah, of true. that round of matches um which is quite rare for vardy because usually he gets yeah. like a couple of goals and he has a couple of shots but this was seven and no seven shots on target. Was it seven shots on target? Seven yeah, shots in the yeah, box. Some, yeah, it, it, it was it was the top metric, and it was just very unfortunate. I mean, I, I watched a lot of the highlights of the game, and there was a scuff shot, and he wasn't quite as sharp. But it as but, but that his hip thing, hasn't he? So. Yeah, but it did did indicate that he's getting there. And as you mm. said, he does perform better away. Um, and we got those away matches, so I'm I'm clinging on to him, and he is possibly in the in when we do future videos in the game weeks to come in this short term he could be could be a bit could be an option especially if he does yeah. well um, that's why i signed him yeah against the double game week. Yeah. i mean it's, it's a bad decision now i know in hindsight now it's a bad decision to get kane out and get vardy in yeah. but in terms of the in terms of the yeah exactly in terms of the four week plan the one of the reasons why i signed him was double game week yes yeah better fixtures than spurs over the next four as well also yes so as you say potential all, captain candidate soon. also just uh, you know as a side thing in defense of our move there um in a double game week it's worth doing vardy actually got four points two blanks but that's four points in a double game week against kane who had a single game week obviously got more and there was a hit involved but as you said over those four weeks we hope that will come to fruition especially because spurs face liverpool and Liverpool, trouble scoring, but their defence um, isn't in doubt at the moment. They're quite good um, assets there. And I think I think we've covered pretty much everyone. I mean, it's it's the Fernandez De Bruyne show as usual, but there's those two fixtures. So if any injuries do happen um, after you watch this, uh, when you watch this, um, you know, after we've recorded, um, there is the options of say Sterling, potentially Rashford, um, if if you want to target those fixtures or John still. Stones or John Stones <laughs> um, yeah I love John Stones <laughs> I wish I'd captained him but I'm not that kind of manager and well done to um, those that did captain him last time um, but for now David thanks so much for joining me um, I hope we can people food for thought about the captaincy decision for game week 20 um, uh, good luck with your captaincy decision and goodbye yep good luck to you as well Joe <laughs>